Thank you for listening to The New Norm. First and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, you know, as I record here on Thanksgiving night, uh, not much to be thankful for for with this team. It's It's been horrific, and this is actually now the first time they could say here um, the Eagles are not in first place. Washington won today, so they now have four wins. Um, lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. A lot coming from that game on Sunday. Uh Gosh, first and foremost, let's talk, before we preview the Seahawks game, let's talk about what the coach said Wednesday when asked about if Carson Wentz would be the starter for Monday night's game. He was hesitant. Uh, you know, he was asked if he was the starter, and he said it's early in the week, it's only Wednesday. Then they asked, well, what about Monday? And he was, you know, not quick to give an answer. And then finally, he did say Carson Wentz would be the starter Monday. A big turnaround from what he was saying on Sunday night when he was adamant that Carson Wentz was the quarterback because if he wasn't, then the team was giving up. So to me, it sounds like somebody got in his ear. And if it wasn't that somebody got in his ear, then the film got in his eyes because, I mean, that's the only two explanations that could come out for why Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, um, in terms of the way Doug Peterson thought of the quarterback Carson Wentz as the starter, how his, you know, you know, very hard stance on Sunday night shifted to this more, well, let's just see what happens. Here's my opinion. Listen, you watch Carson Wentz. Uh, we can sit here. We could, I, I see it. I see what these people online say. I see all the defenses for Carson Wentz. I see it that the offensive line isn't playing well, that, you know, that give him some top-notch receivers, give him a top-notch running back, give him all this top-notch stuff. And I want to tell these people, it's like, you paid him $30 million per season. You are not going to have top-notch around him. And I know the example is Patrick Mahomes. Listen, I get it. That's the ultimate situation right there. The Kansas City Chiefs have the ultimate situation. Not everybody who pays their quarterback is afforded the options to have the ultimate situation around him. It just doesn't happen that way. That's not football. Does Aaron Rodgers have the ultimate situation around him? No, you got to make do. The quarterback is being paid to elevate the players around him. Carson Wentz does not elevate the players around him. I know, I saw, like I said, I, I spoke on Sunday about Torrey Smith's defense of that play, like which is ridiculous, and it was untrue, obviously, because even Doug Peterson had flat out come out and said, well, he had Jalen Rager right there. He should have threw the ball. So, yeah, so I'm glad he went on Twitter trying to defend Carson Wentz, and I appreciate that. He's looking out for a guy you know he played with and he liked, but, I mean, he was incorrect. So all those people that were you know grasping onto that, well, it was incorrect. The quarterback is the biggest problem in the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's without question. He's, he leads the NFL in turnovers. And the report this week is now that the team has dumbed the offense down for Carson Wentz. Can you imagine? We're in the fifth year of this guy in the NFL. He's being paid elite quarterback money. And we have to dumb the offense down. Like, I was watching the Super Bowl last night, Super Bowl 52. And, and I just wanted to watch it because I wanted to see what was going on with our offense. Because, I mean, I felt in that game our offense clicked. And trust me, there's a lot of misdirection. You know, those run pass options, it, it, it was evident. You know, the offense looks infinitely better in that game. And it, it clearly, obviously, it would. But it just looks like it's a more difficult 
to defend offense in regards to what I see put on the field every Sunday. And I and, and again, this is a defense of Carson Wentz is that maybe he's not getting the coaching, and, and that's why I can agree with. But then I hear, well, let's think about it. We, we had to dumb the offense down, so it's not going to look that complex. And I went back and I looked at the first half of the Washington game this year, and I thought, wow, it is, it's very different from what I see there. That first half, everything was going because this guy was playing with confidence. And then from that point forward, the offense has looked eh because the quarterback has looked eh. That's the truth. I know people can't realize it. I know they want all these things. I know you want to believe in Carson Wentz. And here's the thing. In regards to this game on Sunday, this is the first time I believe in Carson Wentz's career that he's feeling pressure about his job. Like, I know two years ago when he came out and, you know, we, we went to Nick Foles and we went to the playoffs. I know, though, he did not feel pressure about his job because Nick Foles was not on the team the next season. Here's the thing about Carson Wentz, too. It's like you, you got to hear the people defending him, like, you know, the the, the sports radio, WIP, Zyke Reese. I mean, he, he former Eagle. He's got his little you know, group or whatever about Wentz, but... His big thing is, well, he's played good for four years, and that's just factually incorrect. He hasn't played good for four years. He was eh as a rookie. He was really good in 2017. He was eh in 2018. I thought, I mean, it, it, statistically, you thought he was good, but I thought he had regressed because he was unclutch. I mean, again, he definitely regressed. The team was not that good. He came out, and we got better. Hello, that's a sign that the quarterback was not as good. Then the following year, which was last season, he was pretty terrible for a majority of that season, people forget. I know, like, we put those rose-colored glasses on, and, and we see the last four games, and hey, trust me, I bit the bait, bait too. I took it hook, line, and sinker. But the truth is, think about New England and Seattle. Think about that stretch of games where you were like, we might got to put Josh McCown in the game. Yeah, and he got right. He played better against Miami. He played much better against, uh, you know, New York and Washington, Dallas and New York. And, I mean, think about the teams I just said. They were all bottom feeders, every single one there, with the exception of the Cowboys, who were 500. And, and again, we only scored, like, what, 17 points on offense in that game, too. It's not like lit the, the, the league on fire. But again, he did play with confidence. He threw with confidence. He threw with anticipation. I hear it from the scouts. I mean, the scouting report is out. Carson Wentz stares you down. He does not throw people open anymore. That's out the window. This guy has confidence issues. His instincts are broken. It's the truth. It is what it is. I know you don't want to believe it, and I know you think you can reclaim it. And again, I get it. Everything sounds correctable. But again, we're trying to correct what's inside this guy's brain. You're trying to correct confidence. Do you understand that that is not like, okay, your mechanics are off, and that's why you're throwing the ball high. That's correctable. We're trying to correct something that is simply neurological at this point. This guy has to have confidence. And he just doesn't have it. He does not trust what he sees. And when you don't have any trust in your in your abilities, especially in the National Football League, if you're not trusting your eyes at that quarterback position, you can't play. So I love the argument that I have to hear from everybody about, well, just imagine how much worse it's going to be for Jalen Hurts. He's not ready. By the way, I love the he's not ready crew out there. I hate that more than anything because, I mean, it's the stupidest damn logic I've ever heard in my entire life. You're telling me that Jalen Hurts is not ready to play because he has to be worse than Carson Wentz, right? Wrong. He doesn't have to be. Was Justin Herbert ready to play? Was Joe Burrow ready to play? Listen, was Tua Tagovailoa 
ready to play. I know he was benched, but I think about that, benched on Sunday because of his performance. But he's still the starter. But their coach felt he wasn't playing well. I'm just saying, this whole is he ready to play thing, it can't be much worse than what I'm seeing on the field every Sunday from Carson Wentz because right now what he's giving you is bottom of the NFL quarterback play. And here's the thing. Now, if you don't win the division, there's a more than likely shot you're going to be picking in or near the top five. And spoiler, if you're picking inside the top five, generally you need a quarterback. So wouldn't you want to know if you're the Eagles what you got in Jalen Hurts? Like, if we're going to be picking in the top five and somebody like Kyle Trask is out there or, you know, uh, Wilson, the kid from BYU, or Justin Fields, I mean, these options are going to be available. Wouldn't you want to know exactly what you got in Jalen Hurts? I mean, if you're picking in the top five, I get it. You have a lot of problems, but quarterback's generally the biggest. And guess what? In Philadelphia right now, it is the biggest. That's what a lot of people don't get. They're not understanding this. They think Carson Wentz needs to keep playing. I don't believe in that. At this point, it should be Jalen Hurts. We need to figure out what Jalen Hurts is as a player. Because if Jalen Hurts can play, guess what? Spoiler, we're not going to be picking in the top five because we'll probably accidentally win a game or two here. But regardless, if you're picking at nine or ten, now you know, okay, we got somebody here in Hurts. We can build this thing around him. If we have to trade Carson Wentz, I know it's a $33 million cap hit if you trade him, and it's a $59 million cap hit if you cut him. So, spoiler, he will not be cut. The only way he's not on the Eagles next season is if they do trade him, which everybody looks at that number and they go, good God, that cap hit, it's brutal. Well, the Steelers took a $30 million cap hit to get rid of Antonio Brown, and guess what? They're 9-0 and right now. You can do it. It's not that bad. I get it. It looks bad on paper, but you're giving away $33 million for an asset. That's what it is. You're paying for an asset that you're going to have for the future if you're able to trade him. You're not like again, they can get out of Carson Wentz's deal after next season, but that's with no assets. You get nothing back. You just get out of his contract and you save $33 million in dead money when really you'd rather just get the asset, get out of the contract, and then the following season, now you got a lot of money to play with here. And you got a quarterback who's on a cheap deal for two more seasons in Jalen Hurts if he can play. And guess what? You're going to still have a quarterback on a cheap deal for two to three more years after that because if Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts both can't play, you're drafting one. That's what we're doing here. That's what needs to be figured out. I don't get why people aren't seeing this. We're arguing about if the Eagles can't win the worst division in the history of professional football with our quarterback being healthy and starting every game. Think about that. That's all you got to say. That's, I mean, we could come up with the excuses. And again, I get it. And, and I know you'll say, well, come on, the coaching staff saying that he's not ready. But this same coaching staff told me that Nathan Gary wasn't better than Alex or Alex Singleton was not better than Nathan Gary. That's what they told me. They were wrong. They told me Jordan uh, or Jason Peters should be playing over Jordan Mailata. And Jason Peters is playing over Jordan Mailata. And they're wrong. I mean, really, go through the list. Here's another one. Nate Herbig. Nate Herbig is on the bench. And I think we could have all agreed going into this game last week, he was the best guard we had had for a majority of the season. He's out. And you know what's funny? I put a tweet out stating that, and I said, but the quarterback could play horrifically. And you know what's really funny? His mom liked it. I didn't tag Nate Herbig, but his mother liked it. So I know this report that came out from the NJ.com about people talking about Carson Wentz and about how there's people in that locker room, players in that locker room, that are upset that he's still the quarterback. Deion Sanders, you know, echoed those same thoughts in an interview this week. I mean, that th- that's the truth. That's the truth. There, everybody is not okay with this. We aren't sacrificing fifty-two guys at the expense of one. That's that's what's happening right now. 
And, and again, I, I'm pretty sure there are guys that probably definitely want Carson Wentz to play and they believe in him and they think he could get it right. But the thing is, I mean, you need to show them that the guy behind him just simply can't do it. Because right now what you're doing is you're bashing your head off a freaking brick wall. And you're expecting eventually that wall is going to give. And again, if you want my honest prediction about this game on Monday night, I actually think Carson Wentz is going to play rather well. Like I said earlier, he's finally got accountability. He's feeling pressure. He's being asked about his job every time he speaks to the media now. He knows what's up. He And I'm sure Doug Peterson has had a conversation with him. My guess is when Doug came to that press conference on Wednesday, him and Carson had a conversation that stated, you know what? If things get a little salty there in that first half, you're going to probably come out. Like, think about it. So he now knows there's accountability. Finally playing with some accountability, I think it will help Carson once. I think he's actually going to play a rather good game on Monday night. I could, I could feel him playing and getting his finally getting that passer rating of 100. I could honestly see it happening due to him having some accountability. Maybe it frees him up. But regardless, even if it does, and even if he has a great game, and you know he has a, a good game the next week, and so I know where this goes. Everything regresses back down to this mean. This is what Carson Wentz is. Since he got hurt, since his knee exploded, this is all he's been. He's been a roller coaster ride. There has not been sustained success from Carson Wentz. It's just not happened. There's been longer stretches of bad play than longer stretches of good play. That's all you need to know. We're playing the team on Sunday or on Monday night that we've never beaten the Seahawks with Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback. Their defense is historically bad for them, for that franchise now. They're a bad defense. It's the easiest pass defense in the NFL. It's a get-right game for a quarterback. We'll see what happens. You know, Metcalf and those guys on Seattle, DJ Dallas, arguing that Jalen Hurts should be the Eagles quarterback. I mean, they're stirring stuff up. That's generally bulletin board material, right? And you're not really hearing too much. I mean, it's getting talked about here and there, but it's not being talked about like to the extent that it's bulletin board material because I, I think generally people feel that and they believe that. There are people inside of Philadelphia's organization, actual like scouts or coaches, talking about how Carson Wentz should not be on the field. It's gotten that bad. Now... If you want my opinion on what's going to happen in this game, well, let's just go over the injury report for the Philadelphia Eagles. This was today, Thursday. Um, Rudy Ford didn't uh, practice, and Lane Johnson didn't practice. And he came out of that game on Sunday. My guess is Lane Johnson might not play. It'll be either Jack Driscoll or Jordan Mailata at right tackle. My guess would be probably Jordan Mailata. Which is a joke, because Jordan Mailata should be starting a tackle, just starting at left tackle. Now, guys that were limited in practice, he had Derek Barnett, Jack Driscoll, if he, like I said, he's limited here. So, I mean, my, I'm anticipating he plays. Remember, this Thursday, you know, practice report here for um, the Eagles, this injury report, isn't the one that you'd normally see with the game. Remember, it's on Monday. So, these guys that are limited on Thursday, they might be full on Friday, and that's kind of what you want to look for. Uh, Jason Kelsey was limited with an elbow, but he said he is playing. Scott was limited with his ab. I haven't heard he wasn't playing, but Jordan Howard was officially added to the practice practice squad, so I'm assuming he'll be one of the call-ups because he was a protective player. And Alex Singleton was limited with an ankle, but I don't envision Alex Singleton not playing either. So my guess is everybody on this list, we're pretty much going to see him all play, with the exception of Ford and most likely Lane Johnson. Now, here's the thing. How do you beat the Seahawks? Well, they have arguably one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. That's not a spoiler. I mean, people know that. Russell Wilson's unbelievable. 
their defense, like I said, it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. This isn't the heyday of the Seahawks with their great defensive uh, core there. They, they're good at linebacker still. Their defensive line, their ends are very sketchy. I mean, which is good when we have, you know, a tackle like Peters coming off his worst game. And, you know, Lane Johnson possibly not playing. But again, you'd think the same when you heard of when you played the Browns because their best defensive end did not play in that game. Everything that's lining up here for the Eagles in terms of their offense, this is a get-right game, which is nuts to say because, I mean, virtually nobody's going to give you a shot to beat Seattle because their offense is just so damn good. And here's the thing. Um, Russell Wilson has beaten the Eagles every which way, and this year especially. I mean, when you think about the the elevation of DK Metcalf, you know, Tyler Lockett, the weapons they have there, it's it's their tight ends. I mean, they're running back. They got Carlos Hyde. You know, Chris Carson could play. I mean— they're just very good. And we've struggled against mobile quarterbacks just this season alone. Think about Daniel Jones. Think about Lamar Jackson. Those guys went running, running, and running on the Eagles. And guess what? Russell Wilson, he can run. I don't know what, what it's going to be. I mean, Jalen Mills, I saw the film on him this week. He played. I thought I knew he played a really bad game on Sunday. It was even worse on film, which is tough to say. He's just not a good football player. He's dragging the Eagles down. Uh, if it, I, I can assure you this, Russell Wilson knows that. He had a history of going at Jalen Mills last year, and I can assure you this, if he has the opportunity to go at Jalen Mills this year again, he's going to do it. I, I don't really know what to think in terms of what how the Eagles can win the game. I mean, is it impossible? Of course not. It's not an impossible game to win because, I mean, Seattle's just so Jekyll and Hyde. If Russell Wilson's a little off, I mean, if, if you're defense line that you're paying all your money to actually steps up and shows up, then yeah, there's a shot. If, you know, our corners, I mean, if, if Avante Maddox and, and Nicole Roby Coleman, if these guys actually want to step up and play, I mean, I, I, I'm envisioning a scenario eventually here where you now have kind of learned that Avante Maddox is not an outside corner where the Eagles might move Avante back inside and maybe give Michael Jaquette a chance on the outside. I could actually see that coming. I, I'm getting closer and closer to thinking maybe that's what they should do. I'd, I mean, here it is. You give Nicole Roby Coleman maybe one more shot because you're still technically in this race to win the division. But if it goes bad again, which it very well could be on, on Monday night, and again, it goes bad for a lot of corners against Russell Wilson, but the point being then maybe that's the move because you got to again see if Avante Maddox could even play inside. I mean, I thought he could play outside. I was wrong. I didn't think he was as good at inside corner as he was at outside corner. And think about this. He's awful now at outside corner. So I want to know if he could play corner in the NFL. I, I've gotten to that point. This is now uh, more or less, you know, a uh, figuring out of what you got in Avante Maddox. Because he's a he's a spot where, you know, this guy might not be, uh, you know, maybe he can't play. Maybe he has to go back to safety. Maybe that is a better spot for him. He Maybe he takes over the Jalen Mills spot next year because th there's no way I could see Jalen Mills back on this team. So again, we want to figure some stuff out with Avante Maddox. You're figuring some stuff out at linebacker. I mean, do you think that you're going to need one? Of course you're going to need one. But at the very least, you're thinking now maybe Alex Singleton could be a player. He could help. And that defensive line you're playing. I mean, you're learning here right now with the Eagles. They're just lucky enough that they can learn and still compete for a division because their division's so bad. And my guess is that the best way to win this game is they gotta they gotta turn Russell Wilson over, and, and I know that's usually set, easier said than done. But I mean, at the very least, I could say is Russell Wilson is turning the ball over more this season than he has in years past. So it's not impossible. But again, we've never remember this: even the Eagles' best season 
2017, the Seahawks beat us, and they beat us up. Now, that game was in Seattle, I get it, but still, regardless, to the point, the Seahawks beat the Eagles up. We just can't beat Russell Wilson. He beat Philadelphia twice in Philadelphia last season. They're coming here again. So you're getting three shots at him at home. Of all their game, I mean, like, again, I told you, the Browns game was the last really winnable game. These are going to take miracles to beat Seattle, to beat Green Bay, to beat, you know, uh, New Orleans or beat Arizona. I mean, like I said, you're staring 3-10-1 right in the face. I'll keep it short. Uh, again, I would envision a scenario this week that if Carson Wentz plays a very poor first half against Seattle, I do believe we've gotten to the point now, even with this coaching staff. I mean, I'm long past the point. I think it should be Jalen Hurts. He should have been in for a while now. But I do believe the coaching staff has gotten to the point that Jalen Hurts will be inserted, which, by the way, what a way to set a guy up for failure, right? I keep hearing the example of Donovan McNabb and when Kevin Cobb went was put in. Listen, Andy did not want to take Donovan out. That's obvious. He put Kevin Cobb in at halftime against a good Ravens team, and guess what happened? He fed him to the Wolves. The plan was I was going to go back to Donovan, but I wanted to show Donovan there was some accountability. That was his plan. I do envision a scenario that Peterson might do the same. I will take Carson Wentz out at halftime. Now, Jalen Hurts then has no reps with the first team all week because, again, they're still going to go to Carson Wentz. He had no preseason. I mean, it's really, really tough sledding. And I know Justin Herbert excelled in the same situation. I get it. I know. I understand that. I'm not here in the business of making excuses, but my good God, that is an excuse if there's ever been one. Yes, just because it worked out for one guy in one situation does not mean it works out for every person in every situation or that would be the norm. But I, I do think that that is more than possible. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because, I mean, if the Eagles are, let's say, down a couple scores and Wentz has turned the ball over, um, yeah, I absolutely think the second half might be the Jalen Hurts show. And, again, I don't know how great a show it's going to be because it would help him if he had some damn, uh, you know, some type of chemistry with any of these guys on offense. Remember, he's only ever in there for a play or two, and it's generally a read option. Be on the lookout for it. Very good shot. Carson Wentz does struggle in this first half. And again, I don't anticipate it. I actually think he's going to play well because, again, he's getting a a perfect get-right defense to, to play against. Uh, but again, let's just go on the off chance that he doesn't play well and he does turn the ball over and Carson or and Jalen Hurts is inserted. Like I said, it's kind of set up for Jalen Hurts to then fail and then you go back to Carson Wentz the next week and now you've at least sent the message to the player. I kind of think that's what the Eagles are trying to set up for, which is crazy to me that you would do that to a young player. I mean, they did it to Kevin Cobb, and guess what? It It's not like Kevin Cobb ever rebounded. It didn't help Kevin Cobb one iota. I know you got out of him, you went to Michael Vick, all this stuff, but it didn't help a guy you picked in the second round one single bit. So I would hope Jeffrey Lurie doesn't think that's the move because he wants to fix Carson Wentz at the you know sacrificing Jalen Hurts in the process because that's not the way to do this. Monday Night Football, National Television, Eagle Seahawks. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles, go.